You are listening to another episode of Truncated Thoughts presented by Prescouter, where we quickly break down one healthcare topic or trend. I'm Jeremy Schmerer, and with me is Dr. Ryan LaRanger. Today, we're going to talk about stem cells. So Ryan, let's get right into it, and let's define you know, what a stem cell is and how it's different from other cells in the body. So a stem cell at its heart is a cell that can become other kinds of cells. And the question is one of how many other kinds of cells can it become? So uh, you can sort of break it down into two broad categories, one being pluripotent and one being totipotent. A pluripotent stem cell can be, it's somewhere down along the lineage path of the family tree. So a pluripotent skin stem cell might only be able to become certain kinds of skin cells. A totipotent cell, you can think of that being more of an embryonic stem cell where it can become any kind of cell in the body, just depending on its environment, the factors that it's being exposed to and its surroundings. So stem cells seem very dynamic. And I think that's probably why they've been used to prevent or treat various diseases and conditions. Tell us a little bit more about how they're actually being applied in some of those cases. So (laughs) stem cell therapy sort of runs the gamut. There's some of it, which is sort of so commonplace that we sort of think, we barely think of it as a therapy. There are others that are being developed, which seem almost like science fiction. One of the classic therapies is bone marrow transplantation, frankly. Uh, Just that is a kind of stem cell therapy where you're just getting the material that you need um, after this major chemotherapy. But there are others which are more uh, investigatory. Uh, For instance, just recently, a group was able to get some mobility to someone who'd had a major spinal cord injury by applying uh, neuronal stem cells, just by way of example. Uh, They got into the right place. They affected a repair response. There have been other groups that have been trying to do um, heart repair after myocardial infarction with mesenchymal stem cells. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> We can have a whole conversation like just on that. Uh, there's also been skin repair. So after patients have severe, bur- severe burns, people have been making, using stem cells, they've been making grafts, which could then be applied to the patient so that way they can uh, have skin grow back more quickly over the burn. And that's some examples. There are many others. Uh, diabetes is another great one. Before I move on, does that sort of make sense and give you an idea of the broad scope and potential of stem cell therapy? It sounds to me like there's a, a very big regenerative component, something in the body, you know, in layman's terms, something in the body, which is breaking down. And this sort of gives that cell or that part of the body a recharge? Is that a a simple way of looking at it? That's a great and simple way of looking at it. Uh, Generally speaking, uh, you can think of it in two respects. Uh, Stem cell therapy, generally speaking, is either correcting for damage. So there's uh, some cells are gone and you need something repaired. Or in some cases is, uh, I will say, correcting for a defect in production. So there are some examples where you combine gene therapy and regenerative medicine in order to correct for the production of or lack of production of some sort of enzyme or other factor in the body, uh, such as in a couple of cases with blindness. So this sounds like something that I'm going to get a little sci-fi here with you, but something that 
could prolong life. Um, if you can keep regenerating some of these things in the body that are breaking down, anti-aging, you know, how does it play in that sphere? <laughs> Theoretically, uh, right. So regenerative medicine is one of those things and stem cell therapy in particular is one of those things where there is a lot of promise and there are some very exciting results. But when you start doing mass trials and you determine sort of what the price is going to look like, it, it can turn into a bit of a mess. It is very hard to reliably get the kind of results that you would need to in stem cell therapeutics to do things like prolong life. Most of the big clinical trial results that you see from regenerative medicine trials tend to be more keeps things from getting worse with exceptions in the case of uh, disorders where you just need some amount of enzyme produced or some amount of material digested. Uh, but full-on reparative results, um, I do not think we are there yet. So there's some variability, it sounds like, in the success of a stem cell transplant. Yes, certainly. Okay. And so I've heard of a lot of people, you know, in books or cases and other things where they're proactively storing their stem cells for a rainy day. You know, my wife and I gave birth uh, last year to our first daughter and, you know, we've heard about the umbilical cord storage. We had the option of, you know, we can harvest or preserve the umbilical cord for, you know, for our daughter later in life mm -hmm. or to kind of have stem cells for a future need or a case where something is breaking down. Talk a little bit about how that works. So let me start off by saying I do not recommend or not recommend getting umbilical stored uh, umbilical stem cells stored. Uh, the science for that is exciting, but it is still a little bit early days for me to say a definitive yes, no. Now, theoretically, why would you want these stored? Uh, part of the reason would be, um, I will say for the purposes of the stem cells you get in the umbilical cord are as young as possible from the perspective of what can you do with these. So they have the most potential divisions. Any stem cell that you have as an adult is uh, yours. So that way you don't have to worry about immune rejection and so on, but it has aged with you. And so it is capable of fewer divisions. If you have embryonic stem cells that have been stored that are in your umbilical cord, and then you need those stem cells for something as you get uh, older, something goes wrong, Theoretically, those cells are younger. They can go through more divisions. Got it. So it's not necessarily the fountain of youth, but there might be more of a match or the ability for them to, to have impact if they are yours. Is that fair? That is very fair to say. Yes. Uh, the chances of those cells being useful is higher. <laughs> got it. Got it. So as we wrap up, what can you leave us with as far as the future of stem cells, the implementation, you know, let's go five, 10, 15 years down the road. What, what do you see here? So there are some really, really exciting advances in terms of sort of stem cells, uh, regenerative medicine and potential therapeutics. There's a whole field of tissue engineering, which is really exciting. Induced pluripotent stem cells are allowing you to make stem cells that can effectively become any other cell type just from a skin sample. Um, 
the thing that we have not solved from a regenerative medicine perspective is scalability. So you're seeing some of these very, very strong examples of potential clinical success with some of these methods, but it is so expensive to make a therapeutic using a stem cell. Uh, and that's something which the science is still very much, uh, it's still in development, basically. But until such time as we hit scalability and you're able to take cells, because if you have to take cells from a person, like let's say yourself, and we had to take those cells from you, take them out, process them, do something with them, and then give them back to you, uh, that's a lot of very expensive steps. Ideally, you would want to be able to take cells from anyone, do something with those cells, and then give them to you or someone else who needs them. Uh, we are not there yet. There's some interesting work in that respect, trying to make universal donor cells that do not trigger the immune system, but it is a challenge and ongoing. Okay. Well, then we'll, we'll leave it as a work in progress for today. And we hope you enjoyed the conversation. Remember, our show can be found on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also find information on how to contact us directly if you have any questions or commentary in the show notes. In our next episode, we'll dive into drug delivery systems. And until then, thanks for listening.